Hello. Uh, if you are looking for perfection, you are doomed to failure. You are not going to find it. There is no such thing. There is not supposed to be in uh, the human condition. Maybe, maybe, you know, abstractly in minerals or, uh, you know, <laughs> something else. No, the concept is, it's a human concept. <sighs> so, I was looking for the perfect place to begin episode 900, uh, which this is. <laughs> and instead, I've got a guy from the parks department with his uh, weed snipper uh, right behind me. I've got a bench that's sort of covered in bird droppings, large ones. Uh, and the view is good. I, I mean, no, here's here's what's important. I'm in the shade. That's really all I needed. I needed a, a bench so I could rest my back and shade because it's hot in the sunshine. It's noon on uh, June 14th, and it happens to be, not giving away any secrets here, the 75th birthday of my buddy Barnacle Bill. Barnacle Bill's birthday He's going out uh, with good friends Deb and Brent off to the uh, keg tonight. That's a that's a, a tradition going back uh, thirty years, probably. Well, when I was in Vancouver, so that was nineteen seventy-two. Whoa, <laughs> closer to fifty years. Uh, yeah, I mean that's when we had a little money. Uh, keg nights and keg was cheap then you know you'd go for keg size basically you're going to have a good steak dinner and get drunk and uh, that became a tradition and it's kind of nice that it's carried on um, because our group the the group that migrated out to Vancouver uh, we looked out for each other we we became family an extended family you know I know a lot of people don't like the word tribe uh, so I don't need to use that, but certainly uh, we, we were close and we looked out, and we were constantly taking turns sleeping on somebody's sofa. Somebody would always have a place to put you up, and uh, there's just a lot of sharing and caring that went on. So uh, wishing my buddy Bruce well on his 75th, and it's bound to be a good day. Yeah, so for me, yeah, episode 900, it seems, you know, if anybody just tunes in, oh, 900, I should listen to that one. My answer is, oh, fuck yourself. Listen to 899, 827, 752, 648. Listen to anything else. Don't come just because it's number 900. It's not going to be that special. Although, um, you will hear, either you've just heard it or you're going to hear it after this, uh, a song you all know called um, Pocket Full of Miracles. That's not, the, uh, that's not the name of the song. The song is Catch a Falling Star. Um, I found when I was... Remember the other uh, last episode? I lost my... Uh, I was going to say earrings. No, the uh, hearing aids. Um, the one that actually never fell out of my ear, the right one. I was looking in the back seat under the front seat of the car... And I found a CD, and I guess I made it. And maybe I made it for somebody else, I don't know, but it's a collection of songs from the 40s and 50s, and I like them all, so clearly I guess I handpicked them. But they're also songs that I knew from childhood. I mean, some from the 40s, of course, were earlier, but I would have heard them replayed, or my parents had records, my parents were into that music. Um, but the one by Perry Como, and I can't give you a year because I forgot to Google it, um, Catch a Falling Star. I remember that. Of course, it probably would have been elementary school. And I love the song. I just love the easy way he sang it. You know, he had a TV show. Anyway, we won't, you, you can Google Perry Como if you don't know. I've talked about him before. But that uh, that particular song, and it hit me the other day. I've always talked about um, how I believe that I've been... 
I was blessed with good luck that I have good luck, and I've I've, I've always been uncomfortable about that. Uh, the other thing about this bench is people keep going by me; it interrupts the flow. All right, so um, it just seems like luck. People think of luck as oh, winning at a casino, winning a lottery. They think of luck in a way, and so I realize it's not a good word to describe what I feel is my good fortune. And my way around that was to say, well, no, it's just a, a mind game. Oh, my God, that fucking God damn. It's further away, but it's louder. Anyway, <laughs> there is nothing perfect in life, folks. You know that right now. Um, so, you know, it just seemed kind of a cheap way to describe what it is that I feel, I, I feel blessed. I feel, I, I really do feel as if I am the reincarnation, I, you know, and I, I don't even want to go there, but that something previous to me led a life, did the heavy lifting, and I'm the guy catching the rewards. I am the guy who's been able to get through life with a, just a lot of good fortune. And, you know, you can look at that any way you want. Maybe some of you feel the same way. I don't know. I mean, I think the, the first trick is to ask yourself, do I want to be anybody else? And it should be an immediately, no, I just want to be me. But I, I guess for a lot of people, oh, my God. Oh, the horror, the horror. No, that's not true for an awful lot of the world's population. Oh, I, how dare I say something like that? I guess I'm thinking about privileged middle white middle class people. Yeah, I like oh, I like the the hand I got dealt. Um, <laughs> it's getting hard. I'm not high. I'm not high. I'm trying to be as uh, yeah. Just got to check and make sure I'm recording. As um, I don't know, straightforward, open, honest as I can be. But the other day, circling back, circling back, folks, circling back, uh, after finding this CD while looking for the lost hearing aid, I put it in and loved the songs. And in particular, this one, Catch a Falling Star, jumped out of me and I played it again and again. And it seemed like the better answer instead of luck. When I was a kid, I caught a falling star. And I put it in my pocket and I saved it for a rainy day. Now I know that might seem a bit of a stretch. Oh yeah? How come it didn't burn you? <laughs> there are doubters out there, I know. There are doubters. Um but it 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 it's as if it had that kind of magic. That I don't just somehow I've always known I'm going to get by and do okay and have things go my way, and gosh, it's an uncomfortable thing to even talk about. Uh, and I'm, now I'm kind of sorry I brought it up. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, hey, that was seen. What's the, what's the first thing you want to talk about on episode 900? I want to tell them how Catch a Flowing Star is the answer to the riddle of my life. Yeah. Okay. Shall we move on? I, I may come back to that, but uh, let's definitely, let's get the hell out of here. I've dug a hole and I, uh, I don't like it. It's starting to stink down here. Uh, Yoko Ono. I read today there was a link from, I believe, the New York Times, and it was a really interesting article. It was a long one, and that's why I didn't get to the uh, park here before the guy came out with his phenartonizer there started weeding, whacking the weeds. Um, because I had to read this article from start to finish, and it was really good. I mean, John Lennon was only just a little part of it, and really there was only that short time that they had together uh, until 1980 from what was it 14 years um, or even that maybe 12 years yeah didn't realize that how short it was he was her third husband but it was Yoko Ono the artist 
and how basically her marriage to John Lennon robbed her of the her her fame or reputation as being a kind of an avant-garde artist. And it goes into the whole art scene of New York City at that time and who else was around and what other people thought of her. Uh, and a lot of it about the uh, the piece, performance piece she did where she would dress up in good clothes and invite people to pick up a big pair of shears that were on stage and cut her clothing off piece by piece. And how really scary that was. And, and I mean, it really was. Boy, talk about a performance piece. It, it was quite frightening because some of the people, she didn't know who was getting up. It was mostly men. And uh, a couple, I think, sort of held the shears over her head. And uh, God, I don't, <coughs> I don't think that's something you'd risk today with. It seems there are more and more crazies out there. I mean, would they be funneled into this theater and gone up there and suddenly was, oh, wait, I could kill her. That'd be a real performance. Anyway, uh, pretty gutsy on her part. And I've always had respect and some empathy for her. And more interesting, of course, about her background, the, the wealth of her family and, and her roots in Japan beforehand. So um, I posted a tweet. If you're interested, go find out the Scarborough Dude's tweets and you'll find the link to the article. And uh, I think it's worth reading, but maybe some of you don't care about Yoko Ono. I think that's all I had in terms of uh, what we were going to talk about on episode 900. I think that was it. Um, Jesus, I don't know. I'm getting all kinds of questions from uh, the Nova Scotia guy. Uh, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to pause here. I'm just going to stop here, and, and I'm going to come back. I'm going to I got to change this. But this is all wrong. I mean, I was looking for perfection. I knew I wouldn't get perfection, but this is this is into negative territory. So, Scarborough dude, signing out. I'm coming back. Hang on. Bye bye. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder some starless night. Just in case you feel you want to hold her, you'll have a pocket. Pocket full of starlight, catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder some starless night. And just in case you feel you want to hold her, you'll have a pocket full of starlight. Pocket full of starlight. Catch a falling star and put a falling star. Never let it fade. Never let it fade. Catch a falling star and put it on your pocket. Save it for a rocket. Save it for a rain. Troubles start multiplying And they just might It's easy to forget them without trying With just a pocket full of starlight Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Never let it fade Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket Save it for a rainy Save it for a rainy day. Save it for a rainy day. Okay, I've uh, found a new spot, and I guess this is much closer to perfect than uh, the last two benches I was sitting at. This one has a clear view of the actual 
uh, bluffs the sand and clay that's, you know, sharp face that drops down, uh, remnant from the last glacier age that retreated, uh, I believe, 12,000 years ago. Pretty amazing, like this, to think that this, I'm sitting where there was just nothing but ice about two miles high, all retreated. So, uh, yeah, when people talk about climate change, you think, whoa, yeah, hey, do you know that uh, glaciers came and went? As part of the natural course of events, you... Anyway, it is, it's beautiful, and the water in front of them just takes on this beautiful green color. It's very, very calm. It's not like looking out uh, just over my shoulder to the open sea. It's, it's just an inlet. It's, it's, it is quite stunningly beautiful, especially on a day like this with a clear blue sky. It's quite amazing. So, um, yeah, that just seems a good thing. A good thing to acknowledge, to celebrate, to appreciate. Uh, and talking about age with uh, Barnacle Bill, you know, as we move on and we become, you know, we are not now as we approach 75 or turn 75, the people we were at 70 even. you We can see the changes in, in our physical health and our stamina and our, you know, the the increasing aches and pains and so on. But uh, we won't go on to that. Instead... I'm going to do something I had a, a, a thought that eh, that might be a good idea. I'm going to read you one of my stories. Uh, as you know, I just yesterday, uh, Monday, Monday started off very strangely. Uh, my wife called uh, with a note of panic in her voice, and I came out to the car to see what it was. And the glove compartment was open, and her belongings were scattered all over the seat. And um, two pairs of sunglasses. We were missing one of them, prescription sunglasses, $400 worth. Uh, and it seems perhaps, I guess, uh, the car was left unlocked by mistake. I mean, we, we try and make a point, of course, every night, lock the house, lock the doors. I always check the road track, but did not check my wife's car that night. And there are people in Scarborough, and I'm reading this on neighborhoods, you know, the local news things that people post uh, next door, I guess it's called, everywhere, every street in Scarborough. There's just people, you know, who walk up and down the streets and try every door they can find. And if they're lucky, they get something. So probably they'll try and sell these things. Prescription sunglasses aren't much use to uh, somebody else, but anyway. Uh, I guess the good news is, well, Nothing was smashed. It wasn't like a broken window or anything else. I know there are places where people say, oh, leave a window open to see they have nothing. And no, not going to do that. But anyway, um, it's just unfortunate. Uh, the other day when I was at uh, coming out of McDonald's, a woman walked by. I, I guess I was sitting on a bench on uh, Eglinton. And a woman walked by who was just like a stick figure just bones and and you just knew this person is just a, is just a strung out on drugs and it it's a, it was so sad asking for money and I didn't give any money because where is it going to go it's not going to help her uh and, and it's just so sad and again ugh, I don't want to get into the you know the inequalities and but these are issues these are health issues these are not bad people. These are people who have just really fallen on hard times and their lives just haven't worked out. I talked about my having a falling star in my pocket. Uh, you know, there are so many people who live unhappy, miserable lives, and, and it's sad. Now, can I get out of this? Now that I've gone there, I feel guilty talking about anything else. So how did I even end up talking about her? I don't know where that where I took that turn. Oh, anyway, yeah, the day it started. Anyway, went into class after that, had our last writing class, uh, and I had written the story. It was, a, it was. A, I'm very, very glad I took that class because it got me writing, and now I'm sharing my stories with John Meadows, who is a very good writer, and uh, I'm reading his uh, his story about these um, strange little creatures who find parking spaces in Toronto. I remember him talking about it, the idea of it, 
and never got around to reading it. Well, I am now, and it's very, very good. But uh, I'm going to share with you a little piece I wrote, the last piece I wrote, called The Recorder. So uh, here it is, The Recorder. He observed the motion of his left arm as it reached out for the recorder, feeling momentarily detached from the action. An inner voice said, No, don't, not now. He gripped his Olympus LS-10 tightly, enjoying the feel of its familiar heft. The two little soft black mufflers that fit over the mics were missing, but everything else looked just as it did when he bought it new 15 years ago. Black hard plastic casing, the array of silver control buttons on the front, playback and record dials protruding on both sides. It only ever failed him when the batteries died unexpectedly and the few wasted times he forgot to push the record button that second time. He reluctantly replaced the recorder beside the tangled white earbuds. Maybe this wasn't the time to talk, but where was that decision coming from? He had recently suspected that podcasting might be serving as an escape, like a prescription drug that takes away all your pain and loneliness. That nagging inner voice asked if recording had been a subconscious way of avoiding thoughts he didn't want to confront. Talking at length, unscripted, gave him control over the present moment. His life became whatever he said it was. He could make himself happy or sad with his choice of words. He could give thanks for all his blessings. He could laugh, shout, rant, rage, sing, read, act, burp, fart, grovel, and apologize in any way he pleased. He just let it tumble out, seemingly unrehearsed, leaving him feeling purged afterwards. Of course, there were filters, used mainly to maintain the persona he had created for his handful of faithful listeners. He liked to think of them as his friends, even though the communication was in one direction only, outwardly. There was never a co-host. The show was entirely his own, and it was up to him to protect and preserve his online reputation. He had already invested more than 900 hours in keeping this character alive and out there, avoiding it or ending it was unconscionable. But now, this very now, wasn't the time to shut off the real world by pressing record. He had to let those other thoughts surface, the ones he'd been avoiding, the ones concerning some vague but uncomfortable truth. Where did they originate? Why were they haunting him? What was it that made him so afraid to stop and acknowledge that something wasn't quite right? He wanted to believe they weren't really his thoughts, that they belonged to someone else, an intimate friend maybe. That way he could dismiss them, put them out of his mind. They weren't his problems. He wasn't the one who should be worried. And so what if podcasting offered a refuge? Everyone needs a safe place to hide. It wasn't like this a year ago. There was never the uncertainty that he was feeling now. What could be wrong about letting loose, having fun, sharing good times? So what if he repeated some of his stories or forgot a few words? But that cloud still hovered, growing larger and more ominous. Turning on the recorder could make it disappear, but he knew avoidance was no longer an option. There is no time but now, the voice seemed to mock. What do you want? he demanded angrily. 
He was surprised at realizing he had spoken the words loudly, as if engaged in real conversation. He stared at the lake through his windshield, waiting for an answer that was his alone to give. I know I'm forgetting things. It's not that important. Everyone gets confused at my age. It doesn't matter. No one's complaining. It's still a good podcast. Like a sudden downpour, sadness overwhelmed him. He gripped the wheel with both hands, head down, and hot tears trickled down his face. His shoulders shook as he tried to muffle the sound of his crying. I can't tell them, he cried out. I can't let go. It's all I have. I need this. Silence followed, indifferent to his pain. The cloud had lifted. The secret was out now. It'll be okay, he assured himself. Wiping the tears from his eyes, he once again reached out for his recorder, smiling faintly. Earbuds in, thumb on record, no rehearsing, he began. Welcome back, folks. This is your host, the one and only, and have I got something to share with you today. So listen up, eh? Well, that was it. A little embarrassing reading it out loud. It sounds a little new and not as comfortable as I was uh, when I just wrote it, but uh, there you have it. My efforts at writing, that was a first draft. I know I could change it up, but uh, it's better for me just to move on to the next project. I got lots more. They're on my blog. If anybody's interested in reading my stories, contact Dixon Janes, D-A-C-K-S-N-J-A-N-E-S at gmail.com for that and a whole lot more. But I think I'm going to sign out now and uh, engage in the present moment here in the hot sunshine, staring up at those uh, kind of very interesting looking bluffs. I do not understand how somebody could live in Toronto and never have come to visit the Scarborough Bluffs. Bye for now. Yeah, that was a nice one. Uh, That's the little bell, the one with all the flowers, the ones I've been giving away. Um, But it is on the shelf with my Jack Kerouac collection here in the basement. So uh, you are now, or we are, or I am, in my basement bar, a place I do not um, visit often enough. I don't know why. You know, when the kids were young, they always wanted me to build a fire, and I probably only had half a dozen fires in this fireplace the whole time I was here. God damn it. If Boy, if you could push that reset button, there are so many things that uh, ew, I might do differently. I don't know. But then, of course, it just sets you on a new trajectory, and I don't know. Maybe you'd end up in a better place. Right now, I'm kind of feeling... Not physically shitty, but uh, mentally uncomfortable, unhappy. So, I guess I'll get into it. This is not going to be a pleasant clip to listen to, but uh, fuck you. Uh, And I don't mean that. I just mean I've got to. uh, It's a way of saying I have to do what I have to do. I'm just uncomfortable. I'm feeling quite a long talk with... uh, my wife last night and off at the end of those I come out feeling badly and it's not what she does it's just that you know she's very honest and I uh, you know I see a side of me that's not so nice and that side is a certain selfishness a self-centeredness uh, just being so wrapped up in myself, who else could do a, a 900 episode podcast and, uh, without being completely self-absorbed. And I, I know that's wrong. These are, you know, I, I, I'm admire people who seem to live for others, um, and maybe at the expense of their own happiness or even well-being. And I'm not that person. I, I'm looking out for me. And my life is, you know, these times when I talk about, well, here we go, let's go full circle, right back to the uh, putting, you don't put horseshoes in your pocket, put rainbows in your pocket. 
Is that it? Rainbow catch-up? No, falling stars. <laughs> that didn't last long. Yeah, falling stars in my own pocket. I should be putting them in the pockets of others, you know. Catch a falling star and give it to somebody else. But I take them for me. And so that's just, you just end up feeling kind of shitty about it. And you wonder, well, is there anything I can do about that? Can I change? Do I want to give anything up? Can I become a new and better person? And um, you kind of feel, or I kind of feel, mm, probably not. 74 years going at it this way. And and not that, I want to use that as a cop-out for you know, you you want to learn from your mistakes and you want to be a little better and more caring, but my wife worries a lot more than I do. And I, I think it's more typical of, I mean, I could sort of try and stand back outside of the conversation. So, okay, that's more typical of females than males. And especially as a mother, more caring. Uh, my son had a little car accident out in Vancouver and called her. And of course that worried her an awful lot he was fine there was just he rear-ended somebody at a stoplight i believe uh and he's okay a little bit of damage and of course an insurance claim and his insurance rates will go up and so of course she was worried about him naturally um i don't think i felt it the same way she felt it like yeah he's gonna be okay he's got insurance he'll have to go through all the paperwork yeah it's, it's a lousy feeling but you know, I, we do the usual, if you need any money, let us know, kind of thing. But she's just naturally more caring as a mother. So, I mean, that was one thing. She's doing, I mean, I, I she does not want me talking about personal things. And that adds, you know, that makes things awkward. But she's experiencing a lot of stress at work. I'll just put it that way. And, um... You know, we'd like to retire, but is worried about money. And, you know, the truth is uh, I didn't leave a corporation or a, a school, you know, a, a school board or a, uh, uh, you know, a place that gives you a nice Sorry, I, this is not sounding right. Is that better? A place that gives you a nice indexed pension. Uh, and so, you know, there's very little money coming in. And so she's worried. And, you know, being Japanese, she will, she could live. I mean, she's working with people who are, you know, 100. Uh, she could be living for a very long time. I'm thinking, boy, if I get years until 80, I'm good. So it's sort of like there's a, almost a, on my part, I, I don't have to worry there'll be enough, but it's making me rethink the way I'm spending money, my planned holidays and trips and travels. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm rethinking everything. And, and here's the, here's the, my, my strength and my weakness at the same time. I can just put things out of my mind. I can just focus on what's good. And I often cite this as a virtue. Yeah, see the positive in life. But sometimes you've got to be realistic. And uh, and the thing is, I can't change anything. I can't go back and reset and say, oh, I better get a government job with a pension. Uh, you, you can't do that. So I have to just move forward from where we are. And there's really nothing I can do about that. I, you know, 74, I don't think I'm going to be able to get a part-time job. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I could try and do some tutoring or something, but, you know, is that really going to work? <sighs> so I guess it just comes down to, well, be careful about the money you do spend and therefore rethink your trip and the Maritimes this year, British Columbia next year. Boy, those are expensive travels in a road track when you're paying for gas at the prices we are. Oh, my God. So anyway, today, uh, here's one more little thing, the the other, the downside of me, putting things off. And so yesterday I was supposed to fill up the tanks and the road track, made notes and everything. I think I even gave myself a time. Well, I never did it. So today I was, oh, I got to pick Cliff up at the airport today. Um 
gosh, is there enough water in the tanks? Well, I better, uh, I better check. Oh, yeah, they could do with the topping up. Uh, we use it for flushing the toilet and so on. So, of course, attach the, you go out to the hose that's in the back of the garage. It's been leaking since we moved in here, and that was, uh, what, you know, 25-plus years ago. Um, and so I turned it on today, and, of course, immediately the, the water, I can see there's a blue towel sort of tied to it. It probably only needs a washer. I can't do that today and, and take on this job. Why didn't I take this job on years ago? Yeah, I think I tried once to fix it. It should be a very simple solution, a leak at a faucet. But I haven't done it. And so when I filled the road trek, it you know it filled a whole bucket full of water just from dripping out of that tap. And so then I, you know, I... God, I feel shitty about that. But I'm going away this week, and I can't do anything about it till next week. Well, I hope. Uh, and you should hold me to it as listeners. Dude, if you haven't fixed that faucet, you are you really are an asshole. So, okay, there we go. <sighs> Fix the faucet. Uh, as I should have done so long ago. Anyway, filling up the road track, and then I notice, oh, gee, seems to be water leaking from the back. Hmm, sounds funny. Open up the tap where we have outdoor. There's an outdoor faucet for, you know, you can wash your feet or attach a garden hose. You can do anything from the outside taps. And it's not coming from there, but it's coming from around there. So well, just shut it off. Don't fill it anymore. It's got enough water. And there's another sort of looming. The things that, well, it's not looming, but they lurk. A lurking problem. There could be a leak somewhere in my water system or some valve I haven't shut off properly, maybe from a water tank. or I don't even know how the whole water system works. That's why I take it in and pay money to have it winterized and dewinterized. And I, and I just I just know that any time I try to solve a problem, it just creates more problems, so I just don't do them. That's who I am. And then you get around to feeling shitty again. Yeah, that's who I am. But I, couldn't you try and change that? No. So it just builds up. And now, and of course I mentioned before in this podcast, as you get older, any simple thing, going to pick up a guy at the airport seems to be bigger than it is. It's a simple thing. I've done it countless times. I know the routine, get there, wait for the call, tell them what post you're at. But it's, oh, my God, it's driving across Toronto. It's, what about the timing? How long is it going to take? Are we going to get stuck in traffic on the way back? Is he going to find me? Is there going to be some kind of problem? And it just feels another weight, another stress that's just hanging there. And it's hard to dismiss, you know? I mean, I know some people take happy pills and just, no, I'm not worried. But I'm feeling the weight of these things. And that's why I'm talking to you now, so I can just unload some of it. And, and theoretically, my talking and verbalizing the things that are bothering me gets them out of my system a little bit. I, I think that is true still, or I wouldn't still be doing this if it wasn't serving some other purpose than entertaining you. But Jesus, here's another level of worry, and this one I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to come out with it. It's it's about my good buddy Kenneth. Now Kenneth, I know listens to the podcast, so I can't sort of be objective and talk about him the way I talked about my creative writing teacher, who I knew would never listen to my podcast. But even then, I felt uncomfortable. Kenneth, I know is listening, so it's it. I can't be objective, you know. But I don't want to talk directly to Kenneth only. I just want to talk about what I'm feeling. I'm worried about him a little bit. I'm worried that he's he's the these caffeine or the the um, whatever it is that he's taking, inhaling. It's not caffeine. It's what what you get. The nicotine is not a good thing. Too much caffeine is not a good thing, and too much of the the edibles and the weed is not a good thing. I think they mess with your mind. They throw you off. And I'm not moralizing because I've done all that shit. Well, no, I I've never done the nicotine thing. But I don't think it's a good thing. And 
as now he's starting his road walk, and there was a very interesting podcast today of 10 minutes of him walking alongside somebody I guess he just met on the road, uh, sounding like a, a hobo in the old-fashioned sense of the word. Um, and I think there's going to be more of these strangers he's going to meet as he walks along this highway to the sound of dogs barking and cars and trucks racing past. And I think, why would you trade the Appalachian Trail for this roadwalk? which he's been raving about. And yeah, that's what I want. It seems to me the number of mosquitoes and bugs and flies and insects are going to be just as much on the roadwalk as they were going through the woods of Maine. But again, I'm not trying to influence Kenneth. I'm just seeing what I feel. And Kenneth will do what Kenneth does and chooses to do. Uh, but there's a part of me I hope he has it in him to think, fuck this shit. I'm done. I'm done with the road walk too. I'm just going to get on a bus and go home. I I don't think he has a home, Uh, but home to his parents or start off on some other venture. Uh, But I hope he feels free. Kenneth, I hope you feel free to abandon this fucking walk from Maine back to Key West, Florida. Jesus Christ. And I guess it's just because I just can't possibly imagine myself, even in my younger, healthier years, doing anything remotely like that. I've hiked, I've climbed. I mean, a four-day drunk getting me up and over the Chilkoot Trail was sort of a highlight of my life. But, hey, I'm talking about walking up through the Yukon, Alaska and the Yukon uh, over the mountains. That was pure air and clean fun. This highway walking through dirt towns and and shitty, you know, trying to get water out of the faucet on the side of a church that's brown and makes people sick. This is, whoa, where's the fun? So I guess it just just has, he's he's a friend. I'm concerned. I, I care. And I guess there maybe there's one of the points that my wife was kind of making. I It appears that I care more about my friends and the things I'm doing, my writing, my podcast, my, you know, the books I've put out. All these things are so self-centered, so much a part of me, and it would appear I care more about other things than my own family. I'm worried about my other son, the one staying with us. I am deeply worried, and I guess I don't know how really to deal with it. I don't know what to do. I can't seem to establish a good line of communication other than just maintain the status quo and keep things on an even keel and just provide what's needed. But I think there's more needed than I'm providing and again, if you had that reset button or the go back in time button to restart my venture into fatherhood, not that it was all bad, not that I did such a completely miserable job. <sighs> I guess I'll stop there. I, I don't want this to sound self-pitying. Probably does. And since I'm picking up my buddy, the Nova Scotia guy, today, I don't know when I'll do any podcasting. I'd, I'd like you to share some of the sounds. I know that uh, our good friend, uh, uh, the owner of the uh, Fog Lounge, Tom, likes to hear my podcast from Mossport. So I may, I probably will record a little there, but maybe I should just finish this one here and start fresh tomorrow. I don't know, boys and girls. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, what's tomorrow's Friday. That's the day I usually release a podcast. I think I'll probably end here. It seems a shitty place to end. Is there something positive? Well, is the uh, January 6th commission going on? My God. Uh, and I think nothing will happen. They'll have the whole hearings. It'll be a historic record. But Trump won't be jailed. Uh, very few people 
if any will go to jail. Uh, but it's it's a serious it was a serious damn thing. Uh, here we go. I mean, why am I tangenting into uh, American politics when I've got stuff here at home I should be dealing with? But that worries me too. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I mean, I've all we've always been attached. I mean, since growing up with Walt Disney, I've been attached to America. You can't. We Canadians can't separate themselves from America, or I can't. And a lot of people I know can't. It's, it's part of us, too. I mean, it's this, you know, Trudeau said that, the the uh, the father of uh, current prime minister, uh, you know, sort of like in bed with an elephant kind of thing. When it sneezes, you know, you're going to react. It's going to affect you, too. So their economy, the, the politics, uh, the number of crazy people still supporting Trump, these things, the fact that socialism is a dirty word, like that's sick. So there's so much weight that I feel I carry inside me just thinking about America. And that may seem crazy to American friends, but no, you just can't make a clean cut. Oh, we're Canadian. That's not our problem. Yes, it is. It does impact us. Not just our economy, but but our whole our outlook on life, uh, on the future. And I know the future looks so grim, and I know people argue, yeah, it's just because you're consuming the news, boy. Turn that off, and uh, there's a lot of good people out there, a lot of good things, uh, a lot of uh, a lot to be joyful about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Um, in October, hundredth anniversary of Jack Kerouac's birth. Uh, will be big celebrations in Lowell. I think some of you know that I was there, was it five years ago? Four years ago, five years ago in Lowell. Uh, and met up with this wonderful group of people, Dale and the whole gang, um, Brian Cassidy, and Brian Cassidy, Brian uh, Hassock, Brian Hassett. What's Brian's name? I should know. Ah. <sighs> And so this year will be a big deal, and they're going to have this uh, trailer coming all the way from um, the Beat Museum in San Francisco. It was driving the whole route across the country to arrive in Lowell. So I almost feel I have to be there in Sal in October, uh, which is something to look forward to and something I'd regret if I didn't do, one more bit of expense. But meanwhile, how do I, you know, at one point I was thinking, well, I could go from the Maritimes and in there. But no, I won't be in the Maritimes in October. Although that is one of the nicest times to be there uh, and cut across as a ferry to Maine or different routes to do. Um, I, I don't know. So I have to rethink everything. And I don't have to rethink everything today. I can just part things today and learn to take things one day at a time. Today's the day I pick up. The Nova Scotia guy, I stop by Red House Bakery, I get some buns so we can eat at the thing. I've done the shopping yesterday for groceries. I take him to the liquor store to buy his beer supply and anything else he wants, and I get myself a bottle of white wine to go with all the cheeses I bought yesterday. Foolishly, $122 grocery bill for a camping weekend. That is insane. And here's the guy worried about money. Scarborough, dude, Jesus Christ, eh? Sorry. I just, I I don't know. I don't know how to end this on a positive note. Maybe you could help me. Maybe not. Maybe I don't need to end on a positive note. Kenneth, stay well, stay safe, be well. But I I, I do worry about you, man. I I really do. (sighs) And I got to learn to direct more of that worry towards my own two sons. Scarborough, dude, oh, God, it's so hard to end on this sour note, this sad note, this pathetic note. But uh, maybe I'll throw in a tune. Yeah, all right, I'll end with a song. That Okay, I'll end with a song. Thank you, Breen. Bye for now. I'm in the mood to move to the left three feet, God damn it. 
to the right, hundred feet, goddammit. I'm in the mood to fall down the steps, four flights, goddammit. I'm in the mood to fly in the air, twelve feet, motherfucker. We in the mood to do our thing right now, mohey now. Sunny fish, melon jelly, ball in the jack, at meat wagon now. I'm in the mood to move my body like a weasel, goddammit. Four, eight, eight, sixteen feet to the left, goddammit. I'm in the mood to whip your body with a tire iron. This here next song is a story about the fellow was hitchhiking away down in southern Nevada. Along come this big long truck loaded down with potatoes. And the trucker put on the air brakes and pulled over to the side and said, Jump in, son. Throw in your bag and the one you're carrying. And he said, Where all you been, son? Well, he said, I've been everywhere, man. And that's the name of this one. I was hitchhiking down along the dusty When a mucker load along came a transport truck With a high canvas covered load If you're going to win a muckamack with me you can ride I climbed into the cab, I settled down inside He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand I said, listen bud, I've traveled every road in this here land I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man Across the desert, spare man, I breathe the mountains here, man I've traveled, I've done my share, man, I've been everywhere Where you been, he says Oh, let me see now, a couple of places then Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, South Dakota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Matamala, Paloma, Durango, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Manitoba, Warren, Calamadella, Ramacalor, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare man. I breathe the mountains, dear man. I travel, I've done my share, man. I've been everywhere. Is that right, he says, after a long pause. And I says, Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, Canada, Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Calipus, Rock, Halifax, Little Rock, Argus, Tennessee, Hennessy, Chippegee, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake, Other Lake, Larder Lake, for Pete's sake, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, across the desert, spare man, I breathe the mountains, there, man, I travel, I've done my share, man, I've been everywhere. This truck driver turned around again to me and said, look, buddy, if you ain't Hank Snow, don't you ever shut up? And I says, Louisville, Nashville, Oxford, Omaha, New York, Newark, Costa Rica, Utah, Montreal, Springfield, Bakersfield, Shreveport, Hagen, Sac, Cadillac, Bonzalac, Devonport, Idaho, Mexico, Argentina, Damadina, Pasadena, Casalina. See what I mean, Jack? I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare man. I breathe the mountains, dear man. I travel, I've done my share, man. I've been everywhere. And this truck driver turned around again to me and said, Look at here, buddy. I'm kind of getting sick and tired of you talking about all these United States cities and towns. I'm a Canadian truck driver, and I want to hear a little bit of the North Country for a change. Well, I said there's always uh, North Bay and heading up into northern Ontario to places like... Uh, Tomogamy, New Liskert, Haleyberry, Cobalt, Timmins, Ansonville, Kirkland Lake, Cochran, Capus, Casing, Hearst, Geraldton, Beardsmore, and the Lakehead. And heading from Nipigon down 17 into Scriber, Marathon, White River, Wawa, and Sault Ste. Marie. Heading eastward from the Sioux on 17 to Thessalon, Blind River, Elliott Lake, Manitoulin Island, Espanola, Sudbury, Cache Bay, Sturgeon Falls, and back to North Bay. Heading down south now, number 11, to Huntsville, Bracebridge, Gravenhurst, Aurelia, Barry, Aurora, New Market, and even Stouffville, and another town we all know well called uh, 
Chatham, St. John, Hamilton, Grand Falls, Sackville, Newcastle, Frederick, and Charlottetown, Summerside, Glace Bay, Annapolis, Spring Hill, Sydney, Mainston, Glasgow, Antigonish, Windsor, Toronto, Gander, Bonavista, St. John's, Warner, Bacota, Bass, and Mr. I've been a freeware man, I've been a freeware man, Rossiter's a spare man, I breathe the mountains there, man, but there's just one place I haven't been, tramp on the gas and roller, man, soon we're gonna be there, man, soon we're gonna be there. Money, baby, I got time living on the road. 